Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Trigger warning. The following episode contains descriptions of graphic violence, sexual assault, and adult language. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. I feel like we start like a lot of episodes like this, but this is going to be like a heavy case. <sighs> um, and there's like a lot of details when it comes to this case. And there were things that like I just felt couldn't be left out of the story in order for people to understand it. And there were so many questions I had when I, cause I've known about this case for a long time. Do you, do you know about I know case? about it. I yeah. feel like it's just been a long time since I've thought about it. So yeah. So yeah. I've known like a lot and there were questions I've had for years that like when you're looking at a cursory glance, like a Dateline episode or something, right. you don't necessarily, you're not like, Oh, let me go to Google and figure that out. Right. Right. Um, so there were things I definitely wanted to add in here. Um, so this might even end up being a, th- at least a two-parter, if not mm-hmm. a three-parter. If this ends up being a three-parter, we'll drop two episodes, like kind of almost back to back. Maybe like one, you know, the day we release, and then so the next day. Yeah. yeah, so that you're not like feeling like lost when you come back because it is just like a lot of background when it comes to what happened. There's a lot to it. There's so much to yeah. it. We're going to be discussing the case of Shanda Sharer, um, which a lot of people might be like, "Whoa!" Like, and and this, um, we're going to put obviously a trigger warning as usual before, but we've got you know, um, abuse against children, a lot of sexual assault mentioned. Like just a lot of really heavy stuff went into this case. And so if, if this isn't your like cup of tea, I totally get it. We'll be back with lighter cases, you know? Um, but we definitely, um, are going to deep dive into this and kind of, um, yeah, see how long, you know, this kind of, this kind of goes today, but yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to it. And to do it justice, like I feel like you have to kind of go into detail sometimes. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Especially when you think about the ages of the people that were involved in this case, because this all deals with children and teen girls. So it's, it's, it is a callback almost to the Rena Vert case, but I would say this is even more horrific. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's one of the worst cases I've ever heard about. It sticks with you. It does. I think that's also why I've like put it on the shelf in my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, cause you're like, I know what's going to happen, but I don't know all of the other context. Like it's been a long time. Yeah. So. I, well, I felt the context. It's so helpful. So before we dive yeah. into that, let's right, look at let's our wine some today. wine first. Mm-hmm. All right. So because it's a heavy case, we picked gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a really nice wine. This is probably the nicest. W- I shouldn't say that yet. You're going <laughs> to taste we it. it. We're like, Oh, um, mm-hmm. but no, my hopes are high because, um, this winery is a really nice winery. Actually it's in Sonoma. Nope. Oh, uh, well <laughs> Napa. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm gonna pour it for you first. We'll do a taste. Um, I'm. It's around. I believe we paid forty dollars for it. So okay. it's anywhere from forty to sixty dollars, depending where you get it. Okay. Um, and it's a lot darker. It's a, still a red blend. Oh, it's so much darker than. It, yeah, yeah, I know. Like immediately. Oh, oh, oh! The aerator. Oh, the aerator. I'll help you out. Oh my goodness. This is gonna be a nice wine either way. So. <laughs> well, you can swirl. I'll swirl it up. Swirl your glass. 
But yeah, much darker. Yeah, much more vibrant in color than the last it's one. It's bolder. Mm-hmm. You can already smell it. Exciting. I think we're going to like it. Good. Alrighty. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Taste this gravity. Much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. It's a. It's like a heavier bodied wine. That's the word I was looking for last time when I was yeah. like, "That's juice. This is wine." Yeah. Sorry, I have to do the the swirl, swirl. I know. Do it up. I'm trying to see. You can see. Okay, back to when we oh, were trying legs. to explain legs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This has like it's a heavier bodied wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see there, and there's a lot of them too. Crazy. I like it. I'm glad we're drinking this. Okay, so um, what do you taste? And if you say all the normal stuff, yes, like dark, bold, red Obviously. wines are yeah. cocoa, berries, cherries. Like, but what do you taste? I'm trying to. It's like it's smooth and velvety. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out what. Um, a good description. That like, I don't know. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah. What so we berries. Do. I mean, we're we're right yeah. on again. It is kind of smoky to me. Yeah. Um, and that's back to like the barrel, smoky mm-hmm. cocoa, Did they toast tobacco. It, do you know? Um, I don't have uh, info on the barrel, but uh, you for me, I could just taste that. That was what I tasted mm-hmm. first. Um, but yes, uh, blueberry and blackberry jam. It's oh. intense. That's a fair description. Yeah. Layered textured of fine grain tannins, um, and it is full-bodied, bold, and flavorful. Huh. So berries, cocoa, tobacco. Like yeah. So that for me, that was like a little bit smoky. Yeah. Um, and I will say it's very smooth. Mm-hmm. So Nice. Yeah, it is very smooth. It's probably one of my favorites that we've done this trip. Um, it's also a favorite <laughs> of wine. Well, I don't know about favorite. Wine enthusiasts, they taste so many things. But it's a 92, which the way that ratings work, I mean, it's kind of nebulous because it's up to whoever's tasting. So wine enthusiast is um, like who rates wine, one of the like, major three. I know I'm going to get totally corrected on that. Um, but so 92 to 95 is like where you're thinking like these are great wines mm-hmm. so nice. i don't know what our others were rated by wine enthusiasts before <laughs> what about our hallmark I ones know what was rated by us. <laughs> <laughs> and so i would give this right i know that by the time we finish this it's going to have a nice rating because i like this wine yeah i like this wine too i do too obviously i've known about this case for like many years yeah I start my research. At first, I like to usually listen to something or watch something on it. Okay. And then I like to watch a couple other things. So either, like, I'll watch a Dateline, and then I'll watch something from, like, The Time, if it's uh-huh. an older one like this, like with the Menendez brothers. Like I talked coverage. about them yep. on my TikTok. So, like, watching uh, watching something about them nowadays is a lot different from watching something oh, yeah. about them way back in the day. And that's kind of the same as this case, because this case does talk an awful lot about um, the LGBTQ community. There's oh, so the viewpoint's going to be really different. Really different because when it happened, takes place early '90s. So yep. we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but in the same sense, of course, now we try to understand. I think more, which I think is good, about why people do the things we do. Mm-hmm. Like I just, and I that's important to me. I love to not love to, but like it's interesting to me to look at why these crimes happened. Yeah, and what was the cause of them. Mm-hmm. I found a lot of people would start this story with Melinda Loveless and Melinda Loveless is a murderer. Right. So it's like the, the typical, like when you go to Google and you Google, um, this crime or anything about it, it's the criminals that come up first versus the victim. And it bothered me. It just didn't sit right with me. Um, because yes, Melinda had a horrible upbringing and we will go into that later, but I don't think we should start with that. Right. So, 
Shanda Shara was born June 6, 1979. Her parents divorced when she was a toddler, and afterwards her mother remarried and moved her to Louisville. Now, she was a very active student. Like, she was one of those, like, school spirit girls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she went to a private Catholic school. At, it was called St. Paul's School. In private school, her grades soared. She was a cheerleader. She was into volleyball, softball, Girl Scouts. Like, she was very active. Active. Active girl, yeah. Um, she was also one of those people with just a magnetism to them. Do you know what I mean? She could yeah, start a conversation. Just, yeah, she could, like, draw yeah. People to her. Yeah. yeah. She was always just very outgoing and everything. Talk to a stranger and like no issues. Um, gorgeous girl too. Her photo kills me. Actually, let me show me you. Oh my God. She's really cute. And how long was she in private school or did she change school? For most yeah. of her life, I believe she was in private school. Um, she would, she would change into public school and we'll talk about that yeah. in a second here. Um, which shows did you watch um, on this? Cause yeah, this has been covered. By a lot of different shows yeah. and books and media. Mm-hmm. So what did you So use? I consumed a few podcasts. Yep. Um, and then I also looked at um, a, a few people that covered her on YouTube. And I did watch, I believe it was a Dateline or a 2020 episode. But yeah. I did that like a month ago. So I sure. can't remember. It was one of the like generic mm-hmm. like girls that kill kind of like yep. show. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was more focused on like, how could these teen girls commit this murder? You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read a book, um, part of a book. I shouldn't say I read the full thing. I got to about halfway through. Um, but it was about, I honestly, we'll talk a little bit more about the book later. But the yeah. book was published in 1995. So again, that viewpoint coming from a woman who is becoming open about her sexuality it's a hard read for someone that's a part of the lgbtq community because it's very um dated yeah and it's views about we'll we'll talk about how they talk about the girls he talks about the girls in it and i felt very like stuff you wouldn't say nowadays you wouldn't hear nowadays is said in it so you just have to if you read it it's very interesting his book is called um little lost little lost angel it's by michael quinlan um and you just have to remember the time when you read it because it does have a lot of details concerning the case and concerning who shanda was and who these other girls were that did this to her and all of that but it doesn't it doesn't paint the LGBTQ community in a good light. Sure. Um, so it's hard. But you can see she's got like oh, the big eighties hair. I know, but the like she has like a sparkle to her eye eyes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, it's a really cute photo. Like you can just tell that she's like very warm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's very personable, it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she looked older than 12, too. I like, know. I would say. Well, because the 80s hair, too, it's hard for me. I'm like, that's a high school photo. No, no, no. And she's it's, got her she's makeup 12. all dolled up, yes, too. Yes. Yeah. So she, uh, a lot of hairspray. And she would love to hear us say that because yeah. she wanted to be older. Mm-hmm. She even wrote in her diary before she started a new school that, like, she wanted to, like, pass herself off at th- as 13. Oh but gosh. she's like, oh, my mom's not going to, like, go along with that. So when you're 12, like, 13 seems like you're coming of age. <laughs> yeah. And she just turned 12, too, that mm-hmm. spring. So she was like, I'm kind of, like, stuck with that, right? <laughs> um, she really cared about fashion, obviously, and her yeah. appearance, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, her mother would say Shanda would spend hours in the bathroom prepping herself, and oh. she would use so much hairspray, because remember I back in the day? It. Yeah. Yep. So the Aquanet. <laughs> yeah, the whole bathroom would be, like, lacquered by the time that Jackie got into <laughs> to, like, get herself, like, ready, you know? Um, but when her mother divorced again, they would head to New Albany, 
over in Indiana in 1991. So this is about Jackie's third marriage. She wanted to enroll Shanda at the private school there called Our Lady of Perpetual Help. However, third divorce tuition was way too much. Yeah, that's like a private Catholic school. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so she couldn't afford it. Because of this, Shanda would be enrolled in Hazelwood Junior High. Hazelwood had twice as many students as St. Paul's did. Public school. Public school, yes. And Shanda was very nervous to start, and so was her mom, kind of. It's got to be a shift. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, a different um, street-wise, I don't know, just anywhere you are, like, public school versus private school. It's, like, yeah. a different ballgame. Yeah. And um, she, like, worrying about whether she'd make friends or not. But, like, she'd made friends before, you know, at all of her other schools. So this wasn't her first shift, you know, at all. It was just a shift into, like, the public school, you know, demeanor. And um, Shanda did have one half-sister. Her name was Paige. I believe that's how to pronounce her name. It's spelled with a J, not a G. Oh. Um, so a little bit different. Um, Paige was now 19, and she lived with her aunt, but she would be about 20 minutes away from where Shanda was going to be now. Okay. So this was exciting for Shanda. because Yeah, to be closer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and since she wanted to be older. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she looked up to her. Oh, yeah. And on that same note, she would call her mom and her roommates. So it kind of shows... Her roommate? Yeah, her roommate. Oh, my gosh, that's so cute. (laughs) So it just shows how close Jackie and Shanda definitely were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Hazelwood Junior High. um, There's a lot of players in this game. A lot of players. And at times, because it's so, like, immature at times, it feels honestly like a game. You're Mm -hmm. just like, what in the heck? Some of them are 14, 16, and 17. So I was like... Wait a second. From 12 to 16, that's a big gap. That's what I'm like. I'm like, why would, and why would a 16, 17 year old be hanging out with a 12 year old? I mean, she sounds like she acted older. Like she's not Mm. like 12, like playing with like, I don't know what was cool, like Cabbage Patch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's like got her Aquanet, like she wants to be older, but still that's a big gap. Yeah. Huge gap. Um, so I, for literal years, I w- when I would take like cursory glances, glances at this case, I would like wonder that, but then I'd like forget that question. And in researching this case, I couldn't figure it out anywhere. I like went everywhere and it wasn't until I read Michael's book that I saw that the, um, schools, the high school and the junior high sat like in front and behind of each other. Oh, so they're like right next door, right next door. So you're yeah. like, kind of mixed in a sense when you're like. Arriving at school, leaving school, like yeah, you, you see each other and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it makes sense that they were all kind of like intermingling between each mm-hmm. other, right? Um, like I can't tell you how many Google searches I did on that, and I was like, oh my god! And when I finally read that sentence in his book, I was like, there it is. <laughs> That's why, because it's like why. I can't understand. Um, so Shanda's first day at school, she came home with a glow on her face. She'd met new friends. She had awesome new teachers. She loved the school. And she could wear her own clothes. Oh, yeah. That'd be different. Yeah. That'd be different for her. So she was, like, loving it. And Jackie was so relieved because she was like, okay, we're doing good here, right? And then within that week, Jackie would get a call from the principal telling her that her daughter had been in a fist fight. Oh, yeah, because she's the new girl. So it's not all smooth sailing. But also, like, this is something that had never happened. That's totally out of character. Yeah. Yeah. So it was shocking, you know, to Jacqueline. And sure enough, when Shanda got home, she had a big gash on her face, a bump on the back of her head. Like, she had been in a fight. 
So Jackie asked her to explain. Yeah. And she said, so one girl, you remember when like in high school you used to get people to break up for you with your like significant yeah. other? Yeah. You'd be like, go tell them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not breaking up. You break up with them. So this one girl. Handle asked, it. Yeah. This one girl asked Shanda to take the ring that her boyfriend had given her. <laughs> <laughs> So like, <laughs> so middle school. Yeah. Back to the boy, you know, yeah. and um, break up with him for her. Shanda did this. He was upset. He wanted to speak with his girlfriend and Shanda was like, can you just like take the ring back? <laughs> so this starts like an, a loud argument and all of the kids are kind of like paying attention at that point. Then Amanda Heverin um, came over. She was dressed. Um, she's very much like a tomboy, mm-hmm. you know, like okay. much like different style than Shanda for sure. Okay. And she comes over and she's like, what's going on? Like, this is my cousin. Like, what are you guys oh, talking about? Oh, the boy that's getting dumped. Yeah. 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 And Shanda tried to explain, but before she could explain, Amanda had like chest bumped her. Well, yeah. And, and then it's on. Yeah. Shoot. Attacked her. Yeah. So both of them were put into um, detention, like in school detention. Mm-hmm. Pray tell, what is in school detention? Dude, you just go and you like sit in a classroom. I got in school detention. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it's like, shouldn't we be learning? But no, you just, I don't know. My in school detention was public school in school detention. You just go and you sit quietly in a classroom and like teachers give you menial crap to do. Like, is all right, you're going to do a workshop. Yeah, like you should probably go back to class. I don't know. Mine, you can, I had after school detention. Oh, after too. school. Cause I'm wondering if like in school detention is like. No, I, it's like during school sometimes. They like pull oh. you out of class. They're like, you were bad. You have to sit here. You're like, I, punishment would be to go back to class. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what is Like in school detention, in school that's detention, a free, I had to wipe down lunch period. tables before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they like put you to work sometimes. That's so weird. I didn't do anything terrible. It's yeah. Normal middle school stuff. Weird. I want to show you. I don't know if I can find it here. I want to show you a photo of Amanda Hoverin. Um, I thought she was like super cute. Um, she had like this little like like almost like the Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, she's like um, tomboy, like the, the like the bowl cut, like the shaggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I don't middle know. part. Did she do a middle part? She did, I believe. I remember seeing a photo of that, but the only one I can see right now is when she had like a little mullet going on. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. Okay, well, this is the one with, like, the mullet. But she... Oh, yeah. Oh, there's the photo that I was thinking of. Oh. Like, doesn't she look like a little, like, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. Like... in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So, like, I can... I can... I can vibe with that. So, Shanda and her end up in in school detention, right? Mm -hmm. And at first, they're, like... Like, Amanda's mad. And she's even gone and told her girlfriend, because she's actually dating a girl named Melinda Mm Loveless, who is 16. So, Amanda's 14. Melinda's 16. And she told Melinda, she was, like this girl like i hate her like blah blah blah, blah. she's got me into in school detention oh yeah she's got to tell her older girlfriend yep. yeah for sure so but melinda would be quite shocked when all of a sudden all amanda talked about was shanda because mm, she went Shanda. from like enemies to besties yeah because yeah. now they're in in school detention together for like a week That's and they're like, like- partners in crime kind of like hey we were hanging out like in in school detention yeah yeah so melinda is like okay i need to know what's going on here mm-hmm. so she she act- was in high school you're yes. 16 so not in the same school but i feel like they kind of are because she ended up in the same detention as them which is I was like how do they me. yeah that's what i was gonna ask like how do so, they have like i feel separated? like it must be like a merged school like isn't it strange it's a strange schooling situation yeah either that's not that, how my schools were set up either that or she like dropped a couple grades but like or like you know what i mean failed yeah, out a couple back. grades yeah. yeah but i'm not sure if that's the case or not because i couldn't find anything like confirming or denying yeah, that say that yeah oh, but she ended weird. up in detention after she purposefully was late so that she could see like what was going she on between 
inspect the situation. Yes. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, well, not no, to I be mean fair. that this, the, the detention is shared is, is strange. Well, I mean, this is kind of weird too, because that's like a little bit controlling and you would find out that like Melinda and Amanda were in kind of an abusive relationship. Yeah. I feel like a, like a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but like there's plenty of teen relationships that are actually abusive relationships. Yeah. And like you are just finding your footing and everything, but um, we'll get into more Melinda's backstory later, but she was in an abusive home with her father and she kind of treated Amanda like her father treated her. That's what was demonstrated. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So she actually, um, uh, she told Amanda she wasn't allowed to like talk to certain people like without her there. Mm, yeah, that's controlling. Yeah. According to Bad. certain sources, her and Amanda, um, she would force Amanda to have sex with her. It's really bad at times. Yeah. So, that it's like so uncomfy. Um, so not really in the greatest of situations. And Melinda was super pissed at the end of that detention time when Shanda and Amanda like were leaving it together, like oh, laughing yeah. away, you yeah. know, and too, everything. Too close. Too close. Yeah, yeah, she'd feel threatened. Yeah. Um, and right off the bat, she noticed that Shanda was a very pretty girl. Um, and what's so weird to me is how much all these sources would focus on all of these girls' beauty. Because oh. Melinda is often talked about by how beautiful she was, mm-hmm. even by a 50-year-old detective that would deal with her later. That's creepy The only to thing me. I can chalk it up to is like in high school, middle school, like so much of your um, status on the social ladder and who you're dating and who your friends are is like based on your outward appearance, I maybe. Yeah. So they're like, you're in this group, you're in that group, like- Oh, you're a beautiful one. Oh, you're a tomboy one. Like it's your, it's your like. Think of the Spice Girls. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like, oh, you're the sporty one. Oh, you're the mm-hmm. posh one. Oh, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the only reason. Yeah, because it's why just it's like weird to me. I mean, yes, she was a pretty girl, but I don't think that it's like, I don't know. I, I just she's sixteen. That's that's to where I'm like, too, for yeah, sure. I'm yeah. like she's sixteen. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, so uh, Melinda would soon find a note from Shanda to Amanda telling Amanda that she was cute. Melinda said to Amanda, just tell that little girl we're together. We've been together two years and just leave it at that. She's like, break it off with Amanda. Like this friendship. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Break it off with Shanda. Shanda. Friendship's way too close. close. But like already we know Melinda is aware she's dealing with a child. Yeah. Shanda is 12 years old. You just called her little girl. Just want to make sure everybody knows (laughs) very noted that she's aware that this is a little girl. Um, there was a note from Amanda to Shanda on September 13th. It read, I have a question for you. I know this may sound dumb, but do you like girls? There's a lot of talk in later, like now, well, not now, but like in later, more like 1990s, 2000s coverage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. About Amanda pressuring Shanda into this relationship. While I do think Amanda loved the attention of having two girls vying for her in high school, I mean, honestly, like what person wouldn't in high school want people attention? Atten- yeah, it's yeah, tons of attention at them. I don't feel like I got that vibe from any of their notes or anything like that. Hmm. Um, I can understand that this was the early 90s, um, but it's just hard, like, especially in this book, like some of the language that was used, I was like, they would often refer to how Amanda dressed as disturbing. 
Because she dressed like a boy? Because she dressed like a boy. Yeah, so it's that, like, 90s viewpoint of, like, mm-hmm. you were disturbed or you're, sent, like, a deviant. If you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I get into the notes, there's two camps when it comes to this case, um, for the most part. And I've seen it shift over the years, which is good. But um, the two camps, there's one that believes that Amanda was a sexual predator at 14 who molested a child, Shanda. I think they were both children. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily get that from their notes, which I'm going to read in a second here. Um, and then there's those like myself who believe that Amanda was a secondary victim in this whole mess. And that, yes, at times the relationship was unhealthy. This whole thing was unhealthy. Yeah. Like their friendship's unhealthy. Yep. Um, I don't deny any of that. All of these friendships are unhealthy, uh, but I just don't feel like it's that easy as cutting Amanda into like the villain. Right. Um, and Shanda was 12. So like a lot of people throwing labels on this situation, yeah. it's that like seems so premature to throw like labels on this. Yeah. Shanda doesn't, Shanda's a child. She doesn't know like her sexuality yet or anything like Even that. Even to label Amanda as a predator seems like premature, you know, because She's not an adult either. She's not like an 18 year old after a 12 year old. They're 14 and 12. Like, I just don't, I don't vibe with that. I don't think you'd even say that about a boy with a, like a 14 year old boy Mm -hmm. with a 12 year old girl. Like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't, it's weird to me. The whole thing is weird. Um, how like it's because of the outcome. It is because of the outcome, for yeah. sure. Like, I don't think... Because, like, at this point in the story, yeah, you like, I don't know why you would put label any of it. No. So, it would... Things would turn sexual, okay? And um, they... Um, during a sleepover at Shanda's house, Amanda and her would have sex. Okay. And, obviously, Shanda's mom did not know right. that there was, like, this element to their, their friendship, right? Um, so, the next day after that weekend... Um, like in the book, he says this would have been a traumatic night for Shanda, obviously to these notes. Let me read you these notes and you tell me. Okay. Yeah. So Amanda wrote to Shanda, Shanda, I had a really great time with you last night and I'm looking forward to more. Please don't cry anymore. Okay. Okay. Love Amanda. The next letter was from Shanda to Amanda. Amanda, I loved last night too. I want more too. And always I want what we had last night. If you want love Shanda. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why she was crying. Like the no more yeah. crying. It didn't necessarily like, we won't never we know. We won't know. And it, in it like in out of context, I can see why that would be like, Oh, she was forced. But mm. I can also understand like when you're a teen girl or preteen, you cry about a lot of random stuff. And Melinda so and maybe Amanda it was like about dating. like, yeah, like that she was like friends, you yeah. know, you just, like mm. there's, there's a lot to it. And at this point too, Melinda and Amanda are still dating. So yeah. maybe she's even crying about that. Like we just about breaking them know. up. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. So I think like calling this like assault is like very um, quick, especially when Shanda wrote back that she was, she was, she wanted more as well. And mm-hmm. all of her notes were very much like consensual notes back to Amanda. Sure. Um, but uh, then we get it. They're children, like consent. They're children. Is, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and also like to, to that point, it's like, obviously she, throwing the label of lesbian or straight on any of these girls is disgusting in my mind. They're mm-hmm. children. So right, they don't they're children. Yeah. So I just think a lot of people focus on that a lot when it comes to this case. And it just seems a little, little crazy to me. Um, and obviously should these girls have had sex? Obviously not, but things happen as a teenager. What are you going to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, <laughs> anyways, um, again, back to like, it's because of the outcome that all of this is like under the microscope. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, so from the get-go, Amanda and Shanda's relationship is a secret. 
but um, Melinda would find um, notes, you know, between the yeah. two girls and everything. So Amanda um, invited Shanda to the school dance because Melinda just wasn't really like a dance girl. So she figured like, she's uh-huh. not going to get like found out. Gonna, yep. Um, so takes her to the dance. Meanwhile, Melinda is like, she has her suspicions. Melinda's not stupid. No. So she's like, she's, I bet those two. And she's out with her friend, Carrie, who she's also sleeping with. Oh yeah. She just, she's the older one. She's like the wants to be in control make her own choices. I just think it's so weird that Melinda is like so controlling of Amanda when it's like, but girl, you're like fooling around with other girls. Like I don't be in control that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. And have what she wants. Yeah. Very Liz Goliar. (laughs) Call back. (laughs) Um, So her and Carrie are just hanging out and Melinda gets drunk and convinces Carrie to like drive her to the school dance because she wants to see she's gonna go pop into the school dance yeah party crashing yeah she's gonna go crash that date she's like I'm done with this um but um they catch Shanda and Amanda like leaving the dance together and Amanda says they're just friends but Melinda says like she shouldn't even be Amanda should not be even talking to Shanda unless Melinda is present oh yeah she wants to control it yep so, like, that's how she wanted it to be. And if not, then, like, screw yourself kind of thing. Right? Girl. Anyways. Um, but this time, at least she took her anger out on Amanda, like, screaming and hitting her full in the face before the principal came out. Because oh, wow. she had been, like, abusing Shanda in school, like, pushing her up in the lockers and everything. Mm-hmm. She knew that Amanda, you know. But now, I mean. No, she's focusing on, on Amanda. Amanda, who is the person that is playing two girls. Um, yeah. But this fight happened until a principal came out and broke them up. Yeesh. Yeah, so for now, Melinda and Amanda are separated. Melinda actually starts dating a different Carrie than the one we were just talking about. Carrie number two. Carrie number two. Carrie number two is 18 years old, and one of Melinda's sisters introduced her to her. Okay. So Melinda has older sisters. Okay. Gosh, the age gap on all of this is so nuts. There's a lot of Literally, ages. like seniors to seventh grade, sixth grade. Yeah. I feel like we need like a chart. Why not? I gotta like map this out. I know. Okay. So now um, Amanda and Shanda now had time to explore their new friendship. However, Shanda was unaware that Amanda was harassing Carrie, Melinda's new girlfriend. Wait, who's harassing who? Um, Amanda's? So who's Amanda harassing is harassing Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Melinda's new, Carrie. new girlfriend. New Carrie. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Shanda soon told her mom that she had had that girl that she'd had that fight with in the first week. Yeah. They're friends now. So like, yeah, she's just attention like, friend is now friend, 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 friend. And Jackie's like, don't like that. So <laughs> yeah, Jackie's like, this girl seemed like bad news. Shanda, like, I don't really want you hanging out with her. Mm-hmm. And Shanda's like, but mom, you know, like, don't you always say you give people second chances? And she was like, I get that, but I don't want you hanging out with her. Sure, Can't blame her. Yeah. yeah she's been in multiple fights. <laughs> yeah. So no. So she was like, okay, she agreed not to see Amanda anymore. Steve and Sharon, <laughs> Shanda's father and stepmother, did not know about this. This, like, uh, rule that she was no longer allowed to see Amanda. Gotcha. They took Amanda and Shanda to the school's Harvest Homecoming. Oh, yeah. She's, like, playing both parents. <laughs> yeah, I've like, done that. Oh, it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about school. it. <laughs> I used to do that with my grandparents when they would come over. I'd be like, oh, no, mom That's lets fine. me do this. Yeah, <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then mom would come home and be like, I do not let her do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, both Steve and his wife were concerned 
about the disturbing way Amanda dressed, but they were more concerned about her cocky attitude. So Amanda mm. was very like polite and everything, but she was very like full of herself and yeah. had like a swagger to her, yeah. right? And so they were a little concerned about that because they're not like you got to nip it all. in the bud, like when you're a teen. I mean, like every parent's mm. like, um, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah check yeah. yourself, <laughs> yeah. So, um. Melinda would soon hear rumors, though, that the girls had been together at this harvest thing at the school. This, another dance? No, it, it was like a little, like, well, do you remember those, oh, like, like a harvest festival things oh, that they festival. used to do at school? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, like, almost like a double, like, a date she'd gone on, like, with the parents, like, supervising and yeah. everything, right? Yeah. Everything's a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with parents. Right. So Melinda soon heard rumors that the two girls had gone to harvest together, right? And Amanda told her, no, we didn't. Like, I don't know what you're even talking about. So she's lying to yeah, Melinda. She's trying to hide it. We never would have gone there. Um, and even though they were broken up, Melinda got a friend, Christy, to call Shanda, convincing her that she was Amanda's friend. So I'm like, oh, she's like, yeah, pretend you're Amanda's friend. Give Shanda a call. Check it. See, like, see what checked. the story is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, got Shanda to talk about how she had gone to the Harvest oh, Homecoming no. with. Yes, yes. So this enraged Melinda. But finally, she was mad at the correct person, Amanda. However, Melinda then hatched a plan with Christy to teach Amanda a lesson. That's the friend that called Shanda. Yes, Okay. Yes. Christy. Sorry, there's so many yep. players, so nope. please keep Just, yeah, keep asking. So Christy knew some boys um who could drive them to Amanda's house because obviously they didn't have How cars. How old's Christy? Um this time? I don't know. I didn't write it down. Oh. I'm sorry. I would imagine she's about Melinda's age though. Yeah, because she's Melinda's friend. Yeah. So Christy did know some boys that could drive them to Amanda's home because of course they can't drive. Um Christy would then go to the door to get Amanda because Melinda she wouldn't have gone like with Melinda, right? Yeah. And then while Melinda hid in, hid in the back seat until Amanda was in the car when she would pop up and grab her and then they would d- drive to some secluded place where they would beat her up. Mm-hmm. This was the plan. Okay. Gotcha. The night that this was supposed to happen, there's some snags in this plan for Melinda. Christy wants to get high. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she goes to these boys' house where they can get co- cocaine, and she pays for this with sex because they don't have any money. Wait, what? <laughs> I know. Uh, it just like fast leaped. times. Okay. Yeah. We're like, like, I can't drive. Can we go get cocaine and have sex? I'm also, like, speaking what? to the '90s, this guy that wrote this book was so judgmental of this, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Christy's still a teenager, so I don't know, like, where are her parents? That's who I would like to talk to. <laughs> where are your to. parents? Yeah, where are your parents? Um, <laughs> and why is this okay in your eyes to do this? So Christy got too high. And she couldn't go. And so uh, Melinda's pissed that they can't go do this, like, to Amanda. Um, but this would actually be, like, super eerie because this is kind of what... That's like, what kept her out of trouble well, so that she got too high on cocaine. Well, isn't that crazy? That's like, you're like, I'm so <laughs> glad I got high on cocaine that I'm not in jail. Yeah. And then she's like, that's why I was asking how old she is because I know, like, mm-hmm. she can't drive. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, but this is weird because this would kind of be the plan that would happen later to Shanda. Yeah. So that's like super creepy that that was like initially planned for Amanda. Anyways, Shanda had been an honor roll student at St. Paul's. She'd ran with the popular crowd, had done all those things we talked about earlier. She loved going to sports, going out, always paid attention to her looks. None of this seemed to matter to her anymore. To who? To Shanda. Shanda. Mm Mm-hmm. She didn't gotcha. have any of the same interests she used to have, which could be normal. She's a teenager. Well, into yeah, you go through phases, but also like it's kind of dramatic that she went from like Girl Scout honor roll private school to 
um, attitude, dressing provocatively, running with people that are like getting in fights and yeah. and can be a sign of depression too, like losing all the interests that you used to have and kind yeah, of just like absolutely. not caring about your looks yep. or anything like that. If it was something that was important to you before, right. You know, yep. um, it's a major shift. Mm-hmm. So Jackie had noted this and was like, just kind of like watching her daughter, you know, from oh afar. Yeah. yeah. And one day when she was going through Shanda's room, she would find a note from Amanda to Shanda about how to forage her mother's signature to get herself out of detention. No, I know. So Jackie hightailed it straight to the school, sat down with the school counselor and asked what was going on with her daughter. Yep. School counselor brought out a mountain of detention slips Mm. that Jackie had no concept of. Because she was forging them. She's forging her signature. Yeah. So yeah, Shanda's been getting tons of detention time. She, he also pulls out a report card of Shanda's that Jackie had never seen. Oh, shoot. And it was littered with F's. Uh, so they bring Shanda into the office and Shanda's just crying and she's upset saying she's so sorry she lied to her mom Jackie told her again she was not to hang out with Amanda can we just say because I know Jackie kind of gets a bad rap yeah like later on just Mm -hmm. like good mom moments oh great mom moment just gonna give her some props because she's like awesome like you can't she she doesn't know what Shanda's hiding and then she still like digs in she still like follows up so I mean yeah no good for Jackie Mm -hmm. this was great yeah so Jackie's um, not like just like an absentee mom no 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 she she's honestly like one of the only parents that is like actually present Shanda's parents are like the only parents actually present good parents Yeah. yeah so um the school counselor echoes her mother's words and says yeah don't hang out with Amanda or Melinda. They're always getting into trouble mm-hmm. and you will get into trouble too. If you continue to hang out with them, mm-hmm. like that's just the type of people they are. There's always those type of people in high school. Yep. I you run them. with the bad crowd. Like yep. you're going to be, yep. Part yeah. Of it. And it's sometimes what ends up happening in your future. Um, so Shanda though said she was afraid. Amanda had been protecting her from girls like Melinda who would beat her up. She didn't necessarily want to get rid of that friendship. Maybe from her 12-year-old mind, that made sense. Yeah. Nevertheless, she agreed with her mother, no more Amanda. And her grades after this actually started to rise with the help of a tutor. But was Amanda truly gone? Amanda would call the house trying to disguise her voice in order to talk to Shanda. <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, <laughs> good teenagers. <try>. Yeah. <laughs> and when that wouldn't work, she would get other girls on a three-way call. Do you remember oh that? Yeah, she's like, I'm going to call her in. Hang on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who would call, you know, get Shanda on the phone and then be like, here's Amanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, side note. And your parents yeah. are like, get off the phone. I'm trying to use the internet. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> the one line. You're like, I'm There's waiting for a call. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> Now, all of this seems a little intense, though, if Shanda was truly trying to get away from Amanda. Yeah. However, Shanda didn't know how letters worked. Shanda thought you just put a letter in the mail and it went off, forgetting about a stamp. stamps. (laughs) Yeah. So a love letter would be found in the Sharer family home mailbox by Jackie. Because she was trying to... She was uh, trying to. It was like email? No, uh, snail mail? Yeah, snail um, mail, a love letter to oh, Amanda. Yeah. And inside this letter was a school photo of Shanda. And on the back of the photo, it said, Amanda, I miss you. I will always love you no matter what happens. I miss the touch of your soft body. Oh, yeah. She, well, what, I mean, she's 12, so this is kind of like her first love, maybe. So this was the first thing, though, that made Jackie realize her daughter had had a physical relationship with someone. Yeah, that'd be horrifying. Yeah. So initially, she reached out to Amanda's father. 
who Amanda was being raised by, I don't think her mother was in the photo, like in the picture, um, told him that Shanda had been getting into a lot of trouble. And every time she was in trouble, it was connected in some way, shape or form to his daughter, Amanda. He said he didn't understand why every girl that hung out with his daughter, the parents didn't want their daughters having anything to do with her. And then this is what Jackie said. Well, Mr. Heverin, and this is a quote from, from the book I read mm-hmm, on this. Okay. Well, Mr. Heverin, it's, a, it's probably not my place to say this, but have you ever noticed how your daughter never dresses like a girl and always looks like a boy? He, lo- he looked at me and said, yeah, you know, I've asked my daughter if she was a lesbian and she told me no, so I don't know what else to do. I told him maybe she needs to be around her mother more. I told him that she needed to dress like a girl and act like a girl. He said he'd tell Amanda to stay away from Shanda. Oh my God, it's so cringeworthy because sexuality's like intermingled with this behavior issue. And it's I like, know. no, your child has behavior issues. Like sexuality is not the issue. Yeah, like, and like it's calling this, be- this dad and like, being out- like outing his daughter to him. Like it's so, Ugh. you just wouldn't see it nowadays. And so- or also, if you it doesn't did, sound it like, he's, like she's outing her. I mean, she is, but she's, but the dad knows that she's probably a lesbian. A lesbian, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just bizarre. This such the suggestion to be like, she needs to spend more time with her mother. Her mother and dress like, <laughs> like a girl. This is going to fix her like sexuality and fix her behavior. Yeah. Like, like, this is not, this um, is the wrong issue. No. <laughs> wrong and I get solution. it. Jackie's upset, obviously. Go, power to her. Like, your daughter should not be hanging out with Shanda because there's behavior issues because they're getting into trouble. Yes. And that's what she would say later. Jackie would say later that it didn't matter to her what sexual orientation Amanda was just that she stay away from her daughter. Yes. Like yes, Shanda does better when she's focused on school. Yes. But that was like a a horrible and weird way to say that to him. Um, yes, it was a different time. It was a different time. I'm not excusing it, but it was a different time, but it's like, Oh my God. Um, she, Jackie would also contact her husband and his wife, Sharon, um, for a family meeting to get down to the bottom of what was going on with Sharon, with Shanda. Finally, the pair, those parents are talking like, by the way, she's not supposed to be hanging out with yeah. Amanda. Yeah. No more of that. Mm-hmm. So they also invited, she also tried to invite Amanda and Mr. Heaven to the meeting. Um, however, Mr. Heaven changed his phone number and I can't blame him. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I would be like, I'm dealing with my daughter. Please yeah. don't worry. But to this point, he ended up contacting a juvenile probation officer later in life who, um, because of finding like notes from Melinda to Amanda and vice versa that were of a sexual nature. Yeah. And he had the probation officer reach out to Melinda and tell her never to contact Amanda again or she could face harassment charges. So he kind He's of like did the same thing. in a similar thing. situation of yeah. like, hey, an older girl's harassing my daughter, mm-hmm. getting my daughter into trouble or like leading my daughter down the wrong path. So. Yeah. So he would kind of do the same thing. It was just honestly at this point, this is just a mess. It's just like a little misguided and misled. Yeah. It's yeah. a mess. Everyone's angry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are reasons to be Everyone angry. Everyone just needs to focus on school. Stay in school. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the fam- the Sharer family meeting. So they're, they questioned Shanda for hours. Like, I don't, I'm not a parent, so I don't know if this is like the correct way to do this, but sitting your daughter down in front of her stepmother and her father, I just feel like it's so weird to be questioning her about any kind of relationship she was having. I feel like that's the times <sighs> family meeting or something like, yeah, talk, sit down and talk about this. Cause they were trying to get her to confess to like this physical relationship with Amanda. And I'm like that. I'm so uncomfy just thinking about that. But then again, 
I'm not a part of their family, so I don't know how their relationship was. I mean, sexuality aside, I guess if it were a, a boy, you'd, you'd, that like line of questioning, like just knowing where your kid's at, what they're doing, I guess. I don't I know guess. that you do it as, I, maybe they're trying to co-parent and fa- like family. Yeah. Yeah. Be more why would unit. it just be one parent's job maybe? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I hadn't thought of it that way. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Um, Shanda insisted for hours that her and Amanda were just friends. She then went up to bed. After she went up to bed, the adults discussed moving her to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, that school that um, Jackie had wanted to Mm -hmm. have her in originally, new private school. To separate them at school. Yes. Um, Shanda was absolutely devastated when she learned that she was going to be transferred back to a private school. Melinda, on the other hand, happy dancing. Oh, yeah. She's like, good, got rid of her. Oh, yeah. All her troubles, about to walk right out the door. Yep. Um... Now, Shanda had transferred at this point, and Melinda soon caught wind of a plan to sneak Shanda into the school dance after she transferred these schools. Yeah, because if you don't go to the school, you can't go to the dance, right? Yes. So while she's in the parking lot, Melinda jumped out at her, screamed at her, and told Amanda, who was there at the time, to tell Shanda to leave. Amanda did just that and told Shanda to leave. Now, there's mixed reports at this point in time that Amanda had already told Shanda that um, she was in danger, that, like, Melinda wanted to kill her and that they couldn't be public with their relationship. So I don't know if that was, like, her, I don't know, doing something like that. I, I, she's I, the like kind of playing, she's playing her. both sides. She's definitely playing both sides. She's not doing anything right. Like, I'm right. not, yeah. I mean, no, I mean... No. So if there is truth to that, that's like so sad because it mm-hmm. was preventable. I just don't want to say that I know that 100% because I read that on like a blog thing and I'm like, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but it is interesting if Amanda was like, no, Melinda like wants to beat you up and like maybe you gotta kill stay you. out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Amanda did tell Shanda to leave the dance and Shanda left in tears. A note from Melinda to Amanda shortly after the incident on November 26th. Amanda, yes. I think we should at least talk this out. If you have noticed all these uncalled for fights have been because of Shanda. Yes, I'm hurt and pissed at you. I can't believe you. You better straighten up your act, Missy. I'm sick of hearing and seeing a Shanda. I think we should let me cool off because I'm still let down with you. You have not shown me no improvement yet. Shanda is not gone. You haven't gotten rid of her. It's your problem, not mine. Until her name and writing is off of your shit, I'm not going to hang out with you and your problem. I'm real mad at you. I feel like I need to cry. I want Shanda dead. Love, Melinda. It was normal until the end. Okay, <laughs> it yeah, was, it was like normal, but it was like teen, teen angst. Like, and then yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus. So the killing of Shanda Sharer is in the first stages of being discussed. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not okay. Just, like, you can't say You can't say that. No. Melinda soon asked a friend named Crystal what the best way to dispose of a dead body was. Okay. Yep. Now we've crossed from teen to no. We talked about this with Skylar meditation. Yeah, yeah. It's just that's not normal. That's not okay. That's no. bizarre and when you hear teens talking about and, this. Yep. And then this is the thing too. Someone in one of the episodes I watched or listened to, someone had said, "Well, um, uh, I feel like nowadays if like teenagers are saying they want to kill someone or something like that, there's enough mental health out there that they would, they would feel like they could come to someone. 
case no. of Aiden Fucci, Tristan Bailey just happened. He'd been saying for years he wanted to kill someone. Yeah. He now has. Yep. It's not just a joke and it's not something people report for some reason. It's not taken absolutely serious. No. Yeah. Not at all. So Crystal wasn't sure, but she thought maybe a barrel full, full of leaves set on fire would get rid of a dead body. Anybody asking about dead bodies is like Red way flag. past the point of red flag. Like just saying like, I'm so mad I could kill her. Like, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Not normal. So Amanda telling Shanda to leave was Shanda's last straw with that relationship. She was done. She'd already made new friends at her school and she was getting back into her old Amanda habits. Amanda telling Shanda to leave was Shanda's Lynn, last. Shan- yeah. Last, so like Amanda like, telling Shanda, you better leave this dance after well, Melinda. She publicly embarrassed her. Yes. Yeah. So that Shanda was like, oh, fine, I'm done with you. Don't want anything to Out. do with you. Yep. Yeah. Already starting a new life. So she's getting back into her old habits, fighting with her mom in the bathroom about bathroom time, <laughs> you know, um, socializing, shopping, had already started to see a boy at this new school too. So def- back into her old ways, right? Yeah. This devastated Amanda, who at this point was still trying to contact Shanda. Walk away. Lines crossed. Yeah. And then that's like, that is crossing like a boundary. If someone doesn't want anything to do with you. Leave them alone. Yes. But then again, you have to think Amanda's only 14. But then again, you also have to think Amanda's 14. Stop. Like, you know, someone should have told her this is inappropriate. You can't harass someone into a relationship. And the thing is, it's so backward and misguided and abusive when people are like, in teens in those relationships are are like shoving someone away in order to get them to pursue them. Yeah. So like, I know that seems really backwards of Amanda to be like going after Shanda still, but sometimes in teen relationships, that was like the objective. Sure. Like, look at Melinda's like, I'm going to be with Carrie. I don't want you. And then it's like, to make Amanda jealous. Yeah. So that she (laughs) will want her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really misguided. It is. So Shanda soon told her mom Amanda's tricks of trying to contact her with that three-way call system with another girl mm. on the phone. And she told her if any girl called the house, just ignore the phone call because Shanda didn't want to talk to Amanda. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, though, Amanda was not the only one still thinking about Shanda. Oh, no. yeah. No. On the night of January 8th, 1992, Melinda Loveless was invited to her friend Lori Tackett's house. Um, she invited Melinda to a punk heavy metal concert that was going to happen on the 10th, that Friday night, Lori Tackett's 17. And at this point, Melinda Loveless is 17 now as well. Yep. So, to me, adults almost. Yeah. Cause it's so close to 18 and because we know what happens. Yeah. And I remember me at 17, like I felt like a little miss, like mm-hmm. anyways, you can graduate 17. Yeah. I mean, you'd be out of high school. Yep. <laughs> they weren't, but. But yeah, yeah, it's old enough. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing because we talk about like the age gap between all of these girls and it really is like, I I mean, you know, you look at it and you're like, okay, so 12 to 17, that's only like five years. But when you think about your growing stages as a teenager and how you are morphing into a literal young adult, it's a huge age difference. Oh, a psychologist would totally agree. It's (laughs) It's like a huge, huge difference. It means the world. So Melinda agreed to go to this concert as long as the evening included a stop at Shanda's house, a girl that Lori had never met. So Lori's like being dragged into this a little bit. She's never met Shanda. Yes. Yeah. Get this. Lori was game to do whatever Melinda wanted to do because see Lori had been friends with Melinda and a few other girls from this punk rock scene that they were in. 
She had recently polarized the entire group with her own actions. See, Lori came from this deeply religious home. Have you ever seen the movie Carrie with Stephen King? Like by Stephen King, like Stephen the King's real Carrie? Carrie? Yeah. Um, yes and no. I, not in full. No. Well, do you know Carrie's mom in it? Like the super yeah. religious mom yeah. that like locks her in yeah. closets and yeah. shit when she does she yep. does things against the Lord. That's Lori's mom. Oh, wow. Very similar from what I understood from reading everything. It was kind of like an abusive religious home, you know? Um, So Lori, of course, as any teen does, went... Buck in the system? Well, she rebelled. She didn't go into the system, but she rebelled. Yeah. No, I just mean rebelling. Oh, rebelling (laughs) against the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So she totally rebelled. Um, She's like, fuck you. I'm going to go to the occult. She starts dabbling in witchcraft, all sorts of, you know. And then the 90s, too. That was like such a thing, like the satanic panic of the 90s. And like, you were in your black jinkos. Oh, yeah. Listen to your Marilyn Manson and your (laughs) your Nirvana and your ripped jeans and your grunge. And yes. So Lori, that's Lori, (laughs) right? Um, And she had told many people that she was destined to kill someone one day Lori was trying to kill someone yeah she, she was destined. she's destined she's destined oh to she's kill really someone. hard oh hard it's like girl really horrifying knowing but yeah yeah and sometimes during her like occult stuff she'd just like go into full-on trances and like be seeing ghost people around so the girls are like Lori's a little mm. strange like there's some things that are like not normal here because as teenagers like normally you may be like one way with your friends, like, oh, she's hard. But like you're come back to kind of like a middle ground, like around friends, family, school, like, but Lori's pushing the boundaries. Oh yeah. She's definitely pushing the boundaries. Cause yeah. like, yeah, she's like, there's always there. that like, yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head, that middle ground. Um, but this polarization had made her eager to get back into any of the girl's graces, especially Melinda, oh. who Lori was attracted to. Lori's gay as well. Uh-huh. Um, but she felt like Melinda would never look at her that way because Melinda was just way too pretty for her. So there would be two other girls that would join them on this evening of the concert that they were going to. Hope Rippy, who was 16, mm-hmm. and Tony Lawrence, who was 15. And whose friends are they? How they get brought into yes. this again? So Tony and Hope had been friends since kindergarten. You're getting ahead of me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and Hope, against her parents and Tony's better judgments, was friends with Lori. So that's their tie. They're friends with Lori, not Melinda. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. Melin- Lori's into Melinda. Yes. And these are friends of Lori. Lori's. Yes. So the reason Tony was like kind of against um, Lori, this is like so Lori, many people. Lori. We'll try to put photos up or something if you're watching us on YouTube. I'm so sorry. Um, there's four girls. <laughs> but the reason Tony was kind of against being friends with Lori was um, Lori had recently shown Tony how to numb the pain by cutting. Mm-hmm. But Lori had cut too deep and she ended up in the ER that night. So this was obviously scarring. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, not, yeah, scary. Um, so Tony was like, there's some red flags. Like Lori's not that cool. Maybe we shouldn't hang out with her. Yeah. So all this to say, looking at these connections, none of these girls going to this concert besides Melinda, have ever met Shanda. Yeah, they have nothing against Shanda. No, none of them know who Shanda is. They're just like one following the other, following the other. Yes. Those girls following Lori, following Melinda, who has a thing against Shanda. Yes. So on the night of January 10th, 1992, it's the night of the concert. Lori, Hope, and Tony had all piled into Lori's new car that her father had purchased for her for transportation to her new job. Lori's car. Lori's car. Father just bought They headed to Melinda's house after grabbing fast food and stealing various items from a Walmart in Madison. 
Good times, girls. <sighs> oh, Jesus. Peace. Lori asked Hope, have you told her about it yet? Tony responded, about what? And then Lori gleefully told her, we're going to kill a little girl tonight. Ah. Yeah. Okay, this is okay to jump out of the car. We've talked about jumping out of cars. Jump out of the car. Leave. Run. Yeah. Um. So Tony thought they were joking. I would think no. they were joking, but... I... <sighs> I would probably pee my pants. <laughs> uh, no. We're not um, going to kill a little girl tonight. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> not me. <laughs> Take me back to the fast food place. Um, um, yeah. So Tony would say she thought they were joking. Um, before um, arriving at Melinda's house, though, they stopped at the ruins of this old stone house in the woods. It's like this mansion, and it's known by locals as the Witch's Castle. Mm-hmm. So the local lore was that a coven of ri- witches had been murdered at this, like, ruined house okay. and like Lori's into the occult and like yeah bingo so Lori's explaining the story to the girls as they're wandering around right like building it up yes telling her that this is where she practices her seances at and calls to the mm-hmm. dead from and all of this stuff about a half hour after wandering the grounds the girls made their way over to Melinda's where this scene was sicken- sickening like it was like any time you're going to get ready with your girlfriends yeah like, that's what's so weird about sure. it so they're trying on clothes. They're primping. Just hanging hair, out, listening their to makeup, music, doing exchanging your clothes. Yeah. yeah, like doing all those girly things. Yeah. So they're having a great time, and then Melinda brings out a knife that she says she's planning on scaring Shanda with. Oof. Yeah. So I feel like all the girls are very much aware of what the kind of plan for the evening is. Just like how this was what she was going to do do to Amanda, just yeah. like a little yeah, while yeah. before. She already right? had like kind of thought this through. Yeah. Shanda's at her father's house, Steve. Okay. Um, and she's there for the night. She's been getting ready for a birthday party that she's been impromptu invited um, by her friend oh, Michelle. Fun. And it's a boys' birthday party. Oh, my. I know. So At her new school, right? So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like these are, friends, like, new friends. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Shanda's getting ready when she hears a knock at the door. I feel like she probably thought this was Michelle at that point in time because Michelle was actually going to come over and, like, help get ready. Um, but she goes to answer the door. She beats her father there and everything. And she sees two girls she doesn't know standing yeah. at the door. So she's like, and the girls say, is Shanda home? Well, and, and they don't even know Shanda. Yeah. And so they don't even know that that's her. Yeah. She's like, I am Shanda. Like, what do you yeah. want? And it wasn't what they wanted. It was what Amanda wanted. They said, they said, according to them, Amanda needed to talk to her and tell her something. So this did pique Shanda's interest. And I mean, Uh, we all want to know what our ex wants to say to us. Yeah. Um, So she was like, oh, she's like, well, I'm going out to a party right now. Like, I can't. She Mm -hmm. said, why don't you come back later around midnight and bring Amanda with you? And then Mm -hmm. I can sneak out for a little bit. Right. Mm Because she's like, my dad's up right now. Like, I can't, you know, no one likes Amanda here except for me. So (laughs) not allowed. (laughs) Yeah. Come back later. The girls realize this isn't going to work because like Amanda is not in on this plan at all. Amanda Mm -hmm. does not know this is happening. So Mm -hmm. they just they just turn heel and leave. So Shanda's just standing there. So when they get back to the car, it's Tony and Hope that end up back at the car. And um, Melinda's pissed. And they assure her that their plan of scaring Shanda Shara that evening. Like she said, we could come back later. Yeah, it's just delayed. We're going to go to the concert. We're going to have a good time. And then we'll come back to Shanda's. So Mm -hmm. don't worry, you know. In the meantime, Steve Sharer is also pissed. Um, Steve Sharer. Shanda's father. her dad. He's pissed. 
Yeah. He's like, who the fuck were those girls? And, and she's like, I don't know. Well, no. <laughs> she said she, they were like friends from school. And he's like, they weren't friends from school. No. Because they asked where Shanda was. Yeah. They didn't even know you. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, I can't remember what she said to him, but he was like, okay, well, I heard the name Amanda too. So yeah. like, Ooh. if you think you're going anywhere with Amanda tonight, like check yourself, like get yourself, you know? And then that was when there was a knock on the door and it was Michelle arriving. So the, the, the conversation kind of okay. dropped. Yeah. So you're, you're like, fine, family okay. conversations. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out of it. <laughs> no, I won't be with Amanda tonight. I'm going out with Michelle. Don't worry about it. Um, Yes. So Michelle was there to get ready to go to the party with Shanda. Over the years, there's been many retellings, of course, of this most horrific crime. I feel Mm. it's one of the most that has happened in the United States. Like horrific. Um, Many people will tell you that neither Hope nor Tony knew what was fully in store that evening for Shanda Sharer. While this may be the case, and maybe they like... Maybe they didn't know. They ended up lying to police officers later about their involvement in this case, which I think just speaks volumes. volumes. Yeah. And they had plenty of opportunity that evening to just simply leave, call the cops. You'll yeah. see as we go through things. And they didn't. So yeah. to me, they can. Like, I think in your, you get, you get your own opinion on this one. You do. Because you can. They can always say they didn't know. And I mean, yeah, they didn't have a crystal ball, mm-hmm. but these red flags, like if you can't read the writing on the wall that you're like hanging out with the wrong people that are mentioning like dangerous, like, mm-hmm. but even this even behavior's if, escalating. Yeah. So. But even if like, have you been in the situation where you're a teenager, you know, you shouldn't be hanging out with these people and you just feel like you're kind of like stuck along with the ride. Cause you don't want to seem, you don't want to be like the, yeah. yeah, like, but even in that situation, you'll see there's moments when Tony and Hope have the opportunity to get help, and they don't. Yeah, and then that's the most disturbing part about this. Yeah, because it's like you had countless opportunities to get an adult involved, to call yeah. the police, to do something, and you didn't. And then that's where I feel you take that's the blame. where your responsibility. That lies. is your responsibility. Yeah. Yes. So just wanted to start like pause and say that there um i feel they're just as culpable for what would happen that evening as melinda and Lori were anyways at the concert tony and hope to this point would mm-hmm. meet two boys and they would ask Lori for her car keys so they could go hook up with these boys in the car you yes can you imagine like <laughs> there's differing reports of whether they had sex with these boys or not but like can you imagine hooking up with your friend in a car <laughs> like like not with your friend but like with someone with like, your friend <laughs> in the car i can't i would be like I'm not shaming anyone that does because there's people who have like wonderful consensual relationships like that. But I'm like, all I'd I can be, say is like they're teens and they're like out from under their parents' roof. That's so what you find. Like, yeah. Where? Anywhere. This car, I guess. Lori's like, car in January Lori, in give Indiana. Me your keys. Gross. <laughs> you go fuck these guys in this oh. car. Oh. So while they're in the car, they actually tell these boys that they're going to go kill this girl tonight. This, no. That's the plan these two other girls that's have. That's why I, th- I have a hard time like absolving them of like culpability because mm-hmm. they, yes, you don't get to say you didn't know, and then you're like bragging about it. Yeah. So the boys tell them like, if you're scared, like we can like take you with us. The boys didn't think it was like they were really going to kill anyone. Yeah. They're yeah, like, yeah, if they're you like, guys are scared, like we can take you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they even had Lori's car key, so they could have just left Lori yeah. in. That would have ended the evening there if they had just, like, left Lori. Oh, God, it's fucked up. So, um, but they felt like they were maybe being overdramatic. That's what they would say. And that Melinda possibly couldn't be wanting to kill someone that evening. This is Not what really kill they someone. would say. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the boys didn't tell anyone about this interaction with either Hope or Tony. Well, these two boys are, like, random boys they just met. So they're like, oh, what a weird girls anyways. Like, yeah. So the concert came to a close and the girls headed back to Shanda's. I feel like now is a good time for us to just yeah. step away for a second. Um, we're going to be dropping like both of these episodes. I feel like it's so, so important to just know that like I, I looked at this for a long time trying to figure out what there was to shorten the story and you can't. Not with I mean, this like one. if you want to watch the dateline because they yeah, just oh, like yeah. jump in. Yeah. And no, get no it. offense, like cool, cut it to an hour. But, but I like how we've gone through the the background because there's so much to it and i always like to just understand i'm like how the fuck do we end up where we end up because yeah. we are like the next episode is going to be very hard to listen to i this morning i was reading through it um and i cried um so it's just it's really like it's hard mm-hmm. it's a horrifying case it's heartbreaking it is it is and it's it's mind-numbing because you're like how did these teen girls end up doing this like it, there's literally like I, you just, there's no comprehension to it because you can't comprehend it. You can't make sense of it. You can't. Right. You can't. can't. We'll see you tomorrow. There's so much more to cover. We're going to really deep dive into what ended up happening to Shanda Sharer the night of January 10th, 1992. Don't miss it. A Huda Media Production.